0: The Jets get the Aaron Rodgers shade done. And what's going on with Will Levis' odds? That's the focus of today's TDN Daily. And welcome in to the Tuesday edition of the TDN Daily Podcast. Chris Schubert back with you here once again on the show. Hope everyone is having a great start uh, to their Tuesday draft week. And it is really draft week with some of the stories that we have here today. We have an NFL trade that finally happened, or at least is closer to happening than it was for like the last six weeks. Aaron Rodgers going to be a New York jet. We know the trade compensation. You'll hear my thoughts on that. We'll discuss the trade compensation. We will discuss the draft implications of this move and we have to discuss, and I've invited all of my closest friends to here in the YouTube chat to discuss as a group. We are going to attempt to figure out what is going on in the betting market with the odds to go number one overall, because all of a sudden, something weird has happened with Will Levis being number one, Uh, and this potentially is all because of a post on Reddit, and I consider myself somewhat of a Reddit expert, Uh, I'll dive into why I don't necessarily think that that can fully be the case here, and why there might be some extra layers to this uh, that we need to... We need to, to to keep in mind. So let's start with the thing that I think is probably going to make me the angriest. Uh, that's probably going to lead to the most rant, uh, and we will get into it. And I know we've got some Packers fans here in the live chat uh, that are very interested in, in, in to hear my thoughts. And and here's what we do know: the Jets and Packers have finally agreed to the framework of a deal that will send uh, Aaron Rodgers to New York. He's going to wear number eight for the New York Jets. Uh, and the basic framework of the deal is they're going to do a pick swap this year. So the Packers move from 15 to 13. The Jets move from 13 to 15. Uh, the Jets give up a second rounder this year, 42. They They had two second rounders, 42 and 43. They gave up the one in front, 42. Uh, And then the other important thing is there's a conditional pick in 2024 uh, that is a 2, but will basically be a 1 if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps. So for argument's sake, it is uh, a pick swap, a 2 this year, and a 1 next year um, if that is possible. Uh, you know, if those parameters are hit, which they will. So that's ultimately going to be the framework of this deal. Shout out to our guy Eugene here who's just finally making a live stream. We appreciate you being here uh, on a Tuesday here during draft week. So that's the framework of the deal. Uh, and I, I can honestly say that I, I've tried to come into this with the, 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 the attempt of being as optimistic as I can, right? And I said it in a tweet yesterday that I'm glad it's over. Uh, I'm going to be rooting for Aaron Rodgers in all 17 games for the New York Jets next season, Uh, but there are a lot of, uh, of this trade that I don't like. Uh, and there is a lot that I don't like about this trade, specifically what it means uh, for the long term. I know Aaron Rodgers is a recent uh, two-time back-to-back MVP, right? One Just a couple years ago, one you know back-to-back MVPs. I get that. I know he didn't play well last year. A lot of people think that's because of the thumb. He is 39, about to be 40. That is something that we do need to consider. Um, I do know that the entire framework of discussing what the Jets were going to do at quarterback uh, needed to be done under the umbrella of The Jets have a playoff mandate, whether it's said out loud or not, in 2023. If Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are going to continue on, if Robert Sala is going to hit year four, if Joe Douglas is going to hit, what, year six of being the GM, uh, that it needs to be after a playoff season, that they need to make the playoffs. And so that was the framework that was the umbrella over the top of this entire um trade process for the New York Jets uh, and the Green Bay Packers right that is what the the Jets needed to come out of this with they needed to come out of this with a quarterback that they felt could check the box of getting them to the playoffs so that they could keep their jobs job saving uh, maneuver was obviously priority number 1 uh, for Joe Douglas jobs on the line you do what you do to keep your job getting Aaron Rodgers obviously um is that is that job so they they make the trade for Aaron Rodgers. They do the pick swap. The pick swap doesn't really bother me. Um, it's, the, it's the 2024 pick uh, that really gets to me because I can very easily see a scenario where the New York Jets will be sitting in the offseason of 2024 in the same situation that they are now, in which they don't have an answer at quarterback, and this time they will not have a draft pick uh, to be able to get that long-term answer at quarterback. So uh, not only will they be in a very similar situation, but I think they will be worse off in 2024 because I think any Jets fan that is assuming Uh, any more than one season from Aaron Rodgers is assuming incorrectly in this situation. I think the default position, and I've seen a bunch of Jets reporters tweet about this, uh, that anybody assuming what Aaron Rodgers is going to do um, is ridiculous at this point. You've seen the way he's handled things. Yes, I agree with you. That's why my default position is expecting anything after one year is fool's gold. It is foolish, in my opinion, to expect anything after a year. And again, uh, this year was also very unexpected. He himself said on the Pat McAfee show that he went into this offseason 90% retired. So with that comment, with the idea that every year over the last couple of years, he's been doing this, will he, won't he, I can't assume beyond this season. So with that being in mind, uh, it sets up for a very disastrous situation for the 2024 Jets of, yeah, their GM and, and coach might've bought themselves some time, but how much time if they don't have a quarterback and they don't have the drive capital to do it? This reeks, and I, I, I read a story on Football Outside today that kind of compared this to another team and I had never thought of it this way before but I can I can very clearly see the writing on the walls that this would be the direction that this team would fall into Uh, they could be going down the Chris Ballard Colts path where they never take another swing at a quarterback now in Ballard's case he had um Andrew Luck, a little different than the Jets with Zach Wilson. Andrew Luck then retired, and since then they have not taken a quarterback until this moment, but it feels like the Jets could be going down that path where they go veteran after veteran after a veteran for a while to potentially try to win with this core, uh, and then at some point have to hit the reset button and take a quarterback, and and again – I'm very skeptical of that being the case and for Joe Douglas and Rapazal to be around uh, to be able to make that decision. Uh, the other thing that bothers me about this is I will be the Jets fan that is the pessimist in the room and says, I don't know what this does for 2023. Um, I still think they'll be the third best team in their division next season. I still think when you look at it, they are going to have to in the playoffs more than likely on the road unless they win the division, but more than likely on the road, um, Face some combination of these quarterbacks. Not all of them, but some combination of them, which to me adds up for a recipe for disaster. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Tua Tunga Justin Herbert, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson. I just named seven quarterbacks and teams that in some combination the Jets will more than likely have to face with Aaron Rodgers, who for the last decade in the NFC, where the quarterback play was completely, the balance of power and quarterback play was completely in the AFC. He's now going to join there at age 39, age 40. But it's okay. They're going to be able to beat all those teams. So I'm skeptical. Um, Their win total is at 9.5 before and after the trade. I think it kind of had the Aaron Rodgers stuff caked in. That feels about right. I think this is going to be, at best, a 10 or 11 win team. Um, I think they would have been a 10 or 11 win team if they got Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they would have been a 10 or 11 win team if they would have gotten Derek Carr. Um, I think they could have saved themselves the draft capital. They could have saved themselves the Ajit and been basically in the same spot with a longer runway uh, down the road. So uh, Eugene says, so who do you think won the trade? I think... I think the only way the Jets can say that they won this trade, it's going gonna, it's gonna to need to be with the benefit of hindsight, but there are two, I think, scenarios in which the Jets win the trade. It's if the pick that they are giving to um, the Green Bay Packers next season, that conditional pick, is pick number 32, because they're the team that's been handed the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the season. Um, then it doesn't matter, because they won the Super Bowl, they're going to get all of the opportunity in the world uh, to get a quarterback uh, Joe Douglas is going to be probably the GM for a very long time. Robert Sal is going to be coach for a long time. Those go- those guys are going to be, you know, jets lore for life. If they do that, same thing with Rogers. Um, that's one way they win the trade. And the other way they win the trade is if Rogers plays in 2024, because then not having that draft pick doesn't matter as much. Uh, because in my mind, that pick might might, might be needed for a quarterback. If you have Rogers on the roster and Rogers can play uh, to a somewhat decent level and be a good above average starter at 41 years old, uh, then then I don't necessarily uh, think the Jets lost the deal. They lose the deal in the scenario in which Rodgers is done after this season or they lose, they lose in this scenario if it's just a complete dumpster fire and they get knocked out in the first round, right? I mean, I think those are scenarios in which uh, it is a, uh, a lose for the Jets. So right now I classify it as a loss until they change my mind. Uh, Brayton says, I do think they are better as a team. If I were a Jets fan, the biggest hurdle is that daunting schedule. It's not only the daunting schedule, but it's the, daunt- the uh, daunting path in the AFC. Um, getting Aaron Rodgers makes the Jets a better team. Uh, But adding anybody at the quarterback position would have made them a better team. I think there's a lot of heavy lifting being done by saying we've picked up uh, Aaron Rodgers. All of the metrics, all the statistics show him deteriorating over the last couple of seasons. Again, that doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers is going to completely fall off the face of the earth and be a bad quarterback. That's not what I'm saying. I believe Aaron Rodgers is going to give the Jets some of the best quarterback play they've gotten in a decade. Is it going to be enough to be able to get them over the hump? Because all I'm hearing right now is the Jets are legitimate, bona fide. I saw in all caps yesterday from RG3, bona fide. Super Bowl contenders and I just have a tough time believing that I don't think they're as good as the Chiefs I don't think they're as good as the Bills I don't think they're as good as the Bengals and oh by the way they have to get through the other quarterbacks that I mentioned Uh, they would have to play the and Trevor Lawrence uh, Justin Herbert and the Chargers um, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens I mean there are a lot of teams Miami and Tua um, and you know I know I've seen a lot of people point out the fact that well they they beat the Bills last year with Zach Wilson yes but their defense stayed relatively healthy throughout the year. Um, they stayed, they had relatively good health uh, along the, the offensive line. Once the season got started, um, I know, you know, at the beginning of the season, it got a little uh, beginning of the, you know, training camp in the preseason, things got a little tough with uh, Makai Becton going down. I um, mean, they had to throw Max Mitchell in there, but they reached some stability at, at some point. And I know Elijah Vera Tucker went down as well, but they had a group at one point that was pretty stable. Um, so for me, it's just I, the daunting schedule is tough. I think they're the third best team in their division. Um, Um, I think expecting Aaron Rodgers to play like the two-time uh, you know, the back-to-back MVP, four-time MVP, um, I-, I think that's I, I think that's foolish. Um, so, and again, I-, I said it on Twitter, I'm going to be rooting for them to succeed. I want them to prove me wrong. It would make me nothing, uh, it would make me very happy for them to prove me wrong and for them to reach these heights. But I think the only scenario really truly uh, in which this works out is if the Jets are hoisting the Lombardi at the end of the season. And I have a real tough time seeing the path uh, that they get there in one year. Because again, the rest of the roster is still very, very young team does not have playoff experience, never played a playoff game before, right? Aaron Rodgers would be bringing that playoff experience, and I think it's very important if we are going to have this conversation that you need to talk about the fact that Aaron Rodgers um, played for the last decade in the NFC and had chance after chance after chance to make it to his second Super Bowl, and he didn't do it and the competition just got harder. Maybe the team he's on is better. Maybe this Jets team in 2023 is better than some of the Packers teams he's had in the year past. We can have that debate, but you cannot argue that the level of competition in a potential playoff run got infinitely harder for Aaron Rodgers than anything he has faced over the last decade in the NFC. That's the hang-up I have with this, and so um, we'll see. I'm glad it's done. I'm glad on draft night I can worry about the Jets making a pick with the the intent of building around uh, Aaron Rodgers and the intent of trying to go all in for this season. But I see more scenarios in which this is a complete disaster um, and it doesn't end well. And the Jets are sitting in 2024 in a worse situation where, yes, and here's, I think, the other important thing, right? The Jets have the longest uh, playoff drought amongst professional sports teams, among the four um, professional leagues, the NHL, the NBA, the NFL, and the MLB, right? After the Kings uh, lit the beam and made the playoffs, um, the Jets now have the longest active streak, uh, longest drought. I don't know. I know for me personally, this would not make me feel better, but I don't know what the consensus is amongst Jets fans. Um, But I don't think Aaron Rodgers taking this team to the playoffs, them losing in the first round, which is very likely. I just listed off all the quarterbacks and teams that they could potentially play in the playoffs. Um, I don't know if going to the playoffs, breaking that streak, but then losing in the first round and Aaron Rodgers walking off into the sunset is a scenario that's going to be like, for Jets fans, they're going to be like, oh, it's okay, guys. We broke the drought. The streak is over. We've made the playoffs. It's okay. Things are fine. I just don't I just don't buy that, right? I know for me personally, it's not the streak that bothers me. It's it's the the consistency of not having good quarterback play and the consistency of, or the inconsistency of not being able to put together long stretches of winning. Um, I don't care if you break a streak and then go right back into the pit of misery that you've been in for the last, you know, 12, 13 years, right? That doesn't matter to me. And then what matters to me is you building a sustainable winner or ultimately breaking through and winning, right? I don't think Rams fans are upset. Um, you know, they're probably upset with the way the season played out, but overall, they're pretty happy. Tampa, they're okay with what's happened, you know, last year and what's, what's coming on the horizon because they won a Super Bowl. So again, the Super Bowl changes things. And the Super Bowl changes the way that I feel about this. Uh, but I, I would be very surprised if the Jets win the Super Bowl uh, in 2023. Uh, pleasantly surprised. Or 2024, I guess I should say. But I would be pleasantly surprised. Uh, you know, Drew says, we got 13, baby. Hashtag go, pack go. Yeah, I mean, it was part of a pick swap. You didn't get 13 clean, um, which I you know to be honest i would have much rather done than give up the conditional pick um, in 2024 uh, now seeing the the entire trade parameters and that's always been my hold up here's i ha- i've been you know unwilling to really kind of dive deep into what i thought on the move until i saw the compensation um, but i would have much rather this team give up 13 clean this year uh, keep the two twos, uh, and then have a conditional pick that wouldn't get to a one next year, um, to give yourself the ability to add two players this year, to keep that pick in your back pocket. Uh, because again, right, the holdup we've heard was because the jets wanted protections against Aaron Rodgers retiring in 2024. Well, they didn't get any protections. In fact, the protections that they put on the pick work against them. So unless they know he's playing for two seasons or they really, truly believe that they needed to get this deal done, um, they kind of put themselves in a bind and I think they blinked. I think they're the team that caved first here, uh, ahead of the draft. So uh, Rogers is going to undergo his physical, I think tomorrow, um, and then get the deal kind of finalized before the draft. Um, cause it's obviously a big deal that because there are picks on night one of the draft uh, that are implicated because right now the jets still technically pick 13 until the, the, um, uh, the trade is processed uh, by the league. So uh, enough of my thoughts on the Aaron Rodgers move. Um, you know, I think it's a move we all expected that to happen. Um, the trade compensation is what it is. Ultimately, the Jets gave up combined uh, in value, uh, the value of the seventh overall pick. Uh, so a little rich uh, for for, for um, Aaron Rodgers. And so we'll see if they're able to break through um, and, and put this together. Eugene says, so what is Zach Wilson's trade value? Zach Wilson will not be traded. Zach Wilson will be on the 2023 uh, New York Jets, and he will be... Um, the backup to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's that's what they're going to do. Marcus says, to be honest, I don't I don't pick third. I don't think pick thirteen is that important for the Packers unless they have a guy they've already zeroed in. Yeah, I mean you, you always want to be picking um, higher up in the draft, right? And if you can do so without giving up a ton, which they didn't, they didn't give up really much of anything in this trade. Um, then then you do it, right? And so the pick swap just helps them. Um, you know, maybe zero in on their guy and make sure that they get him and not worry about um, the Jets or the the Packers or, or uh, the Patriots or any other team kind of gets in their way. Oh, all right. Let's switch gears and talk about it because I've seen so many things in the chat uh, about this other story. Um, and that is that the odds have dramatically shifted. Uh, they, the odds have climbed at number one uh, for Will Levis uh, to be the first overall pick. They've just climbed in a very uh, you know massive direction for him, uh, so much so that he that the the odds to take a player at number one have been taken off the board by a lot of bets. Uh, and there has there has been a theory uh, that it is because of a Reddit post. And I have the Reddit post here, uh, and this is the post. I'm going to read it to you, and then I'm going to give you some details to why I think that this is kind of a misguided take here. Uh, Will Levis is currently plus 4,000 to be the first overall pick. Well, ladies and gentlemen, he's telling friends and family Carolina will, in fact, take him on Thursday. You're welcome. This was posted in the Sportsbook subreddit. And I will tell you, as a frequenter of the Sportsbook subreddit, as a follower of the Sportsbook subreddit, I can tell you something very important here. I'm going to pull up the exact number. I want to make sure... Uh, that this is the case and just so everybody knows that that comes out and then all of a sudden after that we don't know if they're related but after that Will Levis moves from 50 to 1 to 20 to 1 and then moved to 10 to 1 and then came off the board so that's what's happened here overnight on this so I'm going to scroll down here on reddit we're going to do some we're going to do some live investigation here on the show I just want to just just want to check on something real, real quick the subreddit for our sports book has 344,000 people that are subscribed to it, meaning they have it in their Reddit feed and they, they see their posts on a regular basis. Braden says, as somebody who doesn't use Reddit, why is the Reddit part usually such a big deal for betting mark- markets and sports books? See, I don't think it is. That's the point I'm making. Um, 344,000 people uh, in that group. I'm gonna go to another group because there have been a lot of comparisons about this and what happened um, with Reddit and uh, GameStop, the stocks. Wall Street Bets, the subreddit. That is the subreddit that was the genesis, the kind of nucleus, the the center of the GameStop um, short market uh, explosion that we saw um, during the pandemic. Right. I want to make it clear. What did I say in the chat, everybody? I said three hundred and forty-four thousand people in the r uh, Sportsbook subreddit. Is that what I said? That's what I said, right? The r Wall Street Bets again. The core, the center, the nucleus. Of the GameStop Wall Street bets, which is the comparison that people have been making, 13.9 million people subscribed to that subreddit. 25th highest ranking subreddit in size on Reddit. Apples and oranges here, folks. A post on a subreddit that small is not the driver behind this. It may have forced some money to come in. But something else apparently happened here. And I don't know if a bunch of money came in because of something else, and then that led to that being, you know, it being taken off the board. Um, but. I'm not buying that a post on Reddit is what happened here. Heldy says FanDuel has Levis at plus 700 for the first overall second in odds. I mean, I I, at one point thought he was down to five to one um, at one point there. Um, But DraftKings took down um, the first, second, and third overall markets as well this morning. I don't know if those are back up at this point. But there is at least something here. And I wish I could come onto this show today and tell you, hey, I know that X is happening, right? Or Y is happening. We don't. Um, we we don't uh, we don't know what's happening. Jamie says that he was um, books getting some new money um, in on uh, on Bryce Young. So, Jamie, you're telling me that those are back up on DraftKings in the chat. And again, we're kind of doing this live here as this information comes in. Um, so, if those things were were down. You're Jamie. You're telling me that those are now back up um, on DraftKings, which is an important note here uh, that they maybe came. Came off for just a little bit, uh, but are now back up. Um, we'll get to some of your thoughts here um, in the chat on this story as well here, um, because it, it was kind of the, t- the the talk of the show while I was doing the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Um, but Sports Nut talking about Josh Norris said his former co-host, which is Josh McCown, for those who don't know, doesn't like Levis and would probably quit if they took him. I, I need to put something to rest right here. I-, I need to put something to rest right here, and I know Jamie already mentioned it. Um, Josh McCown said that before. He took the job as the quarterback's coach for the Carolina Panthers. And I like Josh, right? Everybody knows. I got, a, I got a soft spot for Josh, former quarterback of my team, right? Josh does not have the say that would lead for this team to not pick Will Levis. Right? It's just not... that. that that's just not... He doesn't have the sway. The, the, the order of operations here are going to be David Tepper... Scott Fitterer, Frank Reich, and then maybe Josh McCown. He's probably fourth in the pecking order of in terms of say on this decision. And so it's easy to say that he would quit if they took him. But that was before he got the job. So I'm not reading anything into what Josh McCown said before he got into that building and took that job and was having meetings and having those conversations. Sportsnut says he's far down the pecking order. You'd have to have a certain guy really higher than the others to take him when his position coach wants no part of him. Doesn't matter the pecking order. Um, I don't know about that. He has his opinion in that room, and Reich has said multiple time impressions that he sat down with McCown to talk QB prospects. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, again, I think Frank Reich's is going to have a bigger say at the end of the day than Josh McCown, and if Frank Reich wants a quarterback and it's not the guy that Josh McCown wants – um, I think Frank Reich is going to win out in that conversation. Tuttle says it was reported last fall in a Charlotte Observer article that the Panthers owner, David Tepper, really liked Will Levis. Is it that far-fetched that a billionaire gets what he wants? I will tell you, Jamie Eisner took took that story, that idea, and it has, it has been the framework behind all the bets that that man has, specifically the fact that the person that he will make the most money on if they go number one overall is Will Levis. Now, he's kind of hedged a little bit because he's got a good, good amount of money on Bryce, but Will Levis is the guy that would make Jamie the most money, so he's been kind of talking about this for a while. I, I just caution, I just caution against the idea of that, and this is not, you know, news that comes completely out of out of left field. We know the connection um, with Tepper and Levis, right? Um, we know that that's been kind of a long-standing rumor that that's the guy that he likes. So it's not a surprise that the money would move in this direction at some point, in, in even this late in the process. But I caution against, on the Tuesday before the draft, reading too much into some random stuff happening. Let's get a little bit more concrete information uh, before we make some, some, some massive leaps here. Jamie says, maybe I'm the owner of the Panthers in my spare time. Uh, maybe you are, Jamie, maybe you are. Although I think that would be insider trading, and I don't think you probably could do that. So probably not something I would admit to here. On the show, uh, while we are doing this, so yeah, I mean, listen I, again. I, I wish I had some concrete information here where I could be like, "Hey, this is what I this is what I think. This is, you, you know, this is what I think is going on here." I really don't know. Um, I have a hard time believing that this is a Reddit fueled thing. I just shared to you the size of that subreddit in compared to another subreddit that has been kind of pointed to as a cause for something. Um, that was the stock market or so something a lot bigger. Um, the size doesn't make sense to me, so it feels feels like something else happened here money came in for another reason now clearly that what happened here is money came in and then these odds moved uh, and then ultimately they got taken off the board because um somebody looked around and was like what's going on here we got to pull these until we get some more information um but i will tell you that this doesn't feel just reddit fueled this feels like something else um happened here a little bit brayden says uh i'm just so glad we are in a year where literally anything can happen so i'm glad my team is picking 31 right now yeah i mean it's it is um this is a lot of fun this is a lot of fun it's a lot of fun to have the chaos we really don't even know what's happening at number one although you know bryce young still probably would be my pick um if i was still if i was submitting my predictive mock today um, i'm still working on what i what i'll call version 1.1 of my um of my predictive mock, and I would still have Bryce going number one overall as of right now, Um, but it is... This is fun. It's fun when it's chaotic. It's fun when we don't know. It's fun when you can play out all the different scenarios and not truly have an idea of how it's going to play out. It just makes... Thursday all the more fun and you guys know the drill here on the show we are going to be discussing everything that happens here over the next couple of days in the lead-up to those picks uh, on Thursday night for those of you in the podcast uh, feed listening to the show please rate review subscribe to the podcast uh, tell a friend join us over in the YouTube version of the show as well 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time we go live on YouTube every single day you can also catch the VOD on demand on the YouTube channel as well we got a lot of great content coming your way the rest of the week we'll discuss whatever else happens overnight here uh, in my predictive mock as well coming this week uh, on the various shows so appreciate everybody being here in the podcast feed youtube listeners don't go anywhere we got the post show where we'll continue these conversations i hope everybody has a great rest of their tuesday talk to y'all tomorrow